This is something in the kitchen which can cook food on demand. What it's called sounds similar to a small movement of a hand. What am I? A microwave. Get it? A small movement of a hand is a microwave. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starting Sustainability, episode 64, and I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with the rabbi discussing the eco-bible. Here's a little inside information. I recorded the whole episode, recorded the intro, the outro, edited everything, went to upload it, and the host that I use to upload all of my podcasts to... I have a time limit that I'm allotted each month. So I only had 45 minutes left for the month. <laughs> and my episode is 52 minutes long. So I had to real quick edit out seven minutes worth. So I made the decision to leave the interview alone. And I just edited out basically my entire introduction. <laughs> basically the catch up with Kaylin and everything. So I kept it real short, sweet and simple. But don't worry, this week, I will actually tell you everything that has been going on and truly get caught up with you this time around. I did want to tell everybody about my trip to Texas, not just that the flight there and back was miserable, but we did have some fun experiences while we were in Texas. And some other things that I wanted to point out and share with Sustainer Nation is that when we go to my in-laws, there is no recycling. It's available in their area, but they have to actually haul it to the recycling center themselves. So there's no curbside pickup. They do recycle plastic and they have a big bin out in the garage so you can put your water bottles and containers, whatever, all the plastic goes in there. And that is what they will haul to the recycling center, which is great. That is great. That's an improvement. <laughs> so I'm happy about that. What I experienced the week that I was there is that it's very hard for me to break my sustainability habits. <laughs> for example, we went to an international market and I was so excited to get some exotic fruit juices like a guava fruit juice and a mango fruit juice. And these juices came in a glass bottle and I was super excited about the glass bottle being extra sustainable. Yay! <laughs> Then I got back to the house, drank the juices, and realized there's no place to put this glass bottle. <laughs> I'm going to have to trash it. And I felt so guilty every single time that I put an item that I knew could be recycled, like paper and cardboard and the glass bottles, and I had to put them in the trash. Massive amounts of guilt. But realistically, what was my other option? To pack it all into my suitcase that was already crammed packed full of stuff? There was no way I could do that. <laughs> However, I did observe some things that my in-laws do to help balance out their sustainability, and I wanted to share that with you. At dinner, they will collect all of the leftover bread and fruit and vegetable scraps, and then every morning, Papa, who you don't know who Papa is, we visited my husband's family, and we stayed at his grandma and grandpa's house, and we call them Granny and Papa. So Papa is the patriarch of the family. Anyway, back to the story. So Papa would cut up all of the food scraps into really small, tiny pieces and then toss them out onto the front lawn to feed the birds. And he would do this every morning. So then my kids got really excited to help feed the birds every morning with all of the food scraps. Another thing Papa would do is after breakfast, he would save all of the eggshells and take them out into the backyard, which was fenced in, and throw the shells all over the lawn. And he would do this because 
eggshells, when you crush them up, work their way down into the ground and they act as a fertilizer. I've read articles where you can take your leftover eggshells and crush them up and put them in your house plants for fertilizer. And he was just throwing them all over the lawn, which was, <laughs> which was fun because by day four and five, there were a whole lot of eggshells all over the lawn. So then I took my toddler out there. I say toddler, but he's like two and a half and he's definitely a little boy at this point. Anyways, I took my son out there. And I had him go around and stomp on all the eggs and crush up the shells and work them down into the grass. So he was having a blast with that. Why did he only put the eggshells in the backyard? Because the backyard was fenced in and he didn't want to deal with the HOA. <laughs> so there are ways around it when you have a HOA who's kind of against you. <laughs> now let's fast forward to today. Today, this morning, I came down the stairs and saw that my husband had put all the eggshells out on the grass which makes me so happy and proud at the same time. It's the little, the little things. We're getting there. Okay, now back into Texas <laughs> a couple weeks ago. We did celebrate Christmas while we were there, and they don't save the gift bags. So like I do every year, I folded the gift bags flat and put as many of those into my suitcase as I could. So I did still save some things, just not all the glass bottles. However, <laughs> I was so caught up in the moment of saving all of the gift bags when I got home, I realized, wait, I've spent the whole past year transitioning to cloth gift bags. What am I going to do with all of these paper gift bags? Because I'm not going to be using them. <laughs> and I've already flown across the country saving them. Thank you, Facebook Marketplace and Free Cycle Groups. And that's what I did. I put them up on Facebook for free. And bam, within 10 minutes, they were gone. So somebody else will get to use them next Christmas for their family. At this moment in time of the recording, it is the last week of January, and I have already failed at composting, which was one of my New Year's bucket list goals. So what happened? Well, I started composting right after Christmas because I got all of the materials that I needed as Christmas gifts. So then I got to start composting, and I get Christmas Day to New Year's Day off of work because I work in a factory setting and the whole factory shut down, which is great. And for the past nine plus months, I've been reduced hours, reduced income because of the pandemic going on. My boss called a meeting and we are all returning to work full time, full income. Yay! Here's the issue. <laughs> so I live in the town of Franklin and the composting facility is 30 minutes north and they are open Monday through Friday, eight to five. And I work an hour south, Monday through Friday, eight to five. So there is absolutely no way I can get to the compost facility to take my compost. Currently, I have been collecting compost inside of five-gallon buckets for about the last three weeks, and they are sitting in my garage with no way to get to the composting facility, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> They're just sitting there. Luckily, it's cold, so they don't smell. <laughs> uh, but I got to figure out a solution to this. If you have any bright ideas, let me know, because I really hate to throw away all that hard work. <laughs> I even called the composting facility to ask them if I could do an after hours drop off. And I was like, I could even just leave it outside the fence and in the morning you can grab it and put it in. And that was a firm no. No, they're not going to do that. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> anyway, what else has been going on? Oh yeah, so at the beginning of January, I got an email from Imperfect Foods and that summarized all of the positive impact that I have had by shopping with Imperfect Foods. So the grand total for the year was that I saved 123 pounds of foods 
4,920 gallons of water, and 420 pounds of carbon dioxide. So that's pretty cool. So whether you do imperfect foods or misfit markets, whatever you do, see if you got that summary statement that kept track of all of your impact that you've had. If you haven't joined Imperfect Foods, I do have a promo code, and that is SS10, SS10, and that'll get you a nice discount on your first box. Also on that newsletter was an announcement from Imperfect Foods that they have teamed up with Who Gives a Crap? If you haven't heard of this, this is a mail subscription delivery box of toilet paper, and all the toilet paper is 100% bamboo, and it's wrapped with 100% recycled paper, and that paper that each roll comes wrapped in is very colorful and beautiful. A lot of people will save that and use that for gift wrapping for, well, Christmas is done with now, but you're still going to have Valentine's Day coming up, birthdays, anniversaries, Mother's Day, Father's Day, it's all coming up, so you can save it, you can do crafts with your kids. There's a lot of different things that you can do that paper, but it's very beautiful. So this is the toilet paper subscription. Who gives a crap? Part of that newsletter even stated that 2 billion people, yes, B, billion, don't have access to a proper toilet. And when you purchase through Who Gives a Crap, they will donate 50% of their profits to their charity partners working in clean water and sanitation. And to date, they've donated over six million dollars. So if you currently subscribe to Who Gives a Crap, congratulations on being a part of that. And if you don't, go ahead. I don't have a promo code for you, but I still think it would be a nice thing to do. Okay, now we've recapped and caught up on everything. So it is time for the main event, the star attraction of the episode. The reason why you click to listen to this particular episode, we're going to list off kitchen swaps for all of your kitchen items, this is part two. (laughs) So listen to episode four for part one for the initial introduction to kitchen swaps and hear my stories from a year and a half ago. And I went back and re-listened and thought, wow, I've really come such a long way, both in sustainability sense and as a podcaster. In episode four, I already discussed swaps for the kitchen items. So this is part two with additional ideas. Now remember, I want you to use what you currently have, even if it's not eco-friendly. Use it as long as possible because the goal is to keep things out of the landfill. When it can no longer be used or reused or upcycled, downcycled, repurposed, (laughs) or it needs replacement, that's when you make the eco-switch. In addition to the basics of reusable bottles, reusable straws, reusable grocery bags, I think most people know about those at this point. So here are new ideas or elaborations on previously discussed ideas. The first one is the sponge, which we discussed in episode four. But additionally, there are now silicone dish sponges and natural sponges that you can get. Item number two is the cleaning brush, bottle brush, or a scrubber of some type. So there are bamboo dish scrubbers. I found many of these with a wooden handle. I mean, I say wood, bamboo's a grass, but it's the bamboo handle. And then it has a plastic head that has these plastic-like bristles. And I think sometimes those bristles are made of plastic and sometimes they're made of bamboo. You're going to have to look at the company who's manufacturing it and look into it. But you can find them with a metal head instead of plastic, but you have to look pretty hard. (laughs) Another option would be a coconut husk scrubber. I have not used these. I've seen them as part of the Grove collaboration. So that's also an option. The next item is paper towels, which I talked extensively about in episode four. Again, just switch to a regular kitchen towel, (laughs) an actual towel. You can do that. (laughs) 
But the part that I wanted to elaborate on is that you need to make the regular towels easy to see and get to. If they are hidden in a drawer, they will not be used to their full potential. Also available are unpapered towel rolls. So you can look on Etsy and find some there. I've made some for craft fairs. These are basically dishcloths that have snaps added to them and you snap them up and make a long line and you just roll it all up. Items number four, I say that plurally because it's basically coffee anything, coffee cups, coffee filter, or a K-Pod. They all have reusable versions. Get the reusable versions. What I want to talk to you about today is the coffee grounds. Did you know that you can reuse these by placing them in your garden to help keep ants away? An additional benefit is when you mix it into the soil, it'll create a slightly acidic environment and some plants really love that. If you don't have a garden, like me, <laughs> then you can take the coffee grounds and line them around the perimeter of your house as a natural and safe pest control. Also, take the coffee grounds and make a coffee scrub. That way, first thing in the morning when you're taking a shower, you can scrub yourself with the leftover coffee grounds and some soap and it wakes you right up. Item number five is food storage. If you have Tupperware already, then keep it because we want to keep it out of the landfill. Instead of buying special plastic Tupperware, you can just reuse the food containers that your food comes in. Let me explain. Peanut butter containers, yogurt tubs with lids, lunch meat in a plastic container with a lid, all of these can be reused to hold other things. And they can be reused multiple times. And if you're anti-plastic, which many people probably are after episode 52, Problems with Plastic, then just focus on glass and metal containers like spaghetti sauce jars or salsa jars, metal tins that hold candy and cookies. You probably have a bunch of those right now because the holidays just came and went. I know I have a gigantic popcorn tin that I'm trying to figure out what to do with. Number six is Ziploc baggies or just plastic baggies in general. Repeating what I just said. You can use food containers <laughs> like jars and tins and or even Tupperware. You don't always have to have a special baggie, but you can also save baggies that your food comes in. Like my shredded cheese comes in a bag that has a Ziploc seal on top. Well, once I use up all the shredded cheese, that bag is still good. And now I can use that again. If you don't want to do that because they can be kind of hard to clean, there are also silicone storage bags and these are phenomenal. I have some of these absolutely love them. They're the silicone bag and then it has a hard plastic stick almost like thing that slides on top of it to lock it in. So when you flip them upside down, it is a very tight leak proof seal and you can freeze things. In the past, I have made spaghetti sauce from all of the garden goodies. I don't have a garden, but a friend of mine does and I got all their goodies. <laughs> Anyways, I made spaghetti sauce and put them in the silicone bags and sealed it shut. And then I froze it in the deep freezer. Then when it was time to use it, I could take the silicone storage bag and put it in a pot of water and boil it to help speed up the thawing process so I could use it for dinner that night, which is very nice. So yeah, these silicone storage bags are great. They're leak proof. You can freeze them. You can boil them. You can store them in an upright position. They're fantastic. And when there was a shortage of mason jars because everybody grew gardens at the beginning of quarantine and then in the fall, everybody was canning stuff and there were no mason jars to be found, I had silicone storage bags to put all my stuff in. Item number seven is tea bags. Choose loose leaf tea instead. Why? Because the tea bag itself has plastic in it. Don't feel bad, I didn't know that either. 
there are a whole bunch of different tea infusers that you can put the loose leaf tea into. They're metal infusers. There are silicone ones. I have one that's in the shape of a manatee. <laughs> Get the joke there. <laughs> and so, and then it even like hangs on the edge of the coffee cup. So it looks like it's peeking out at you. It's very adorable. I like the loose leaf teas because you can get so much more creative on mixing and matching different flavors as well. The next item is a countertop kitchen compost. What is that? Let me explain. There's a couple different versions, but basically it is a container. It looks almost like a miniature trash bin and that's where you put all of your food scraps so when you're cooking that's where all your food scraps go and when you're done eating whatever's left on your plate you can put in to the little kitchen compost and it's very tiny it just sits right on your countertop and when that gets full you can now make one trip out to your compost bin versus making a whole bunch of trips throughout the day to your compost bin which is wonderful extremely beneficial when you live in the north and it's freezing outside or it's raining and sleeting and icy and yuck <laughs> Next up is your liquid dish soap in a plastic bottle. They have dish soap bars. Yeah, they do exist. That's a new discovery for me as well. I did buy one and I am still finishing off the liquid dish soap that we have. But once I do, then I'm going to be busting out that bar dish soap. I have heard that it works best with rags. So if you have a bristly brush, it's obviously going to take chunks out of the bar of soap and make it wear down faster versus using a dish rag or a sponge. Just a few more items left and we're almost through. Wax paper, that can easily be swapped with silicone baking sheets. I just got these for Christmas and I've already used them four times and they are amazing because now the sheet pan that you'd normally put Pam spray or oil on doesn't get food stains all over it and the food doesn't stick to it either because the silicone baking sheets are amazing and the food just pops right off of them. It literally slides right off of them. Actually, that's a better description. The next item is saran wrap. Once you use that up, what do you use? A silicone food cover. I just got these for Christmas as well. I haven't actually tested any of them out, but they're great if you have Tupperware and sometimes the lid breaks. Now what do you do with the bottom part of the container? Well, now you can have a silicone food cover to replace the lid. Now the bottom part doesn't have to be thrown away. It's a new way to extend the life. Also, if you have a whole bunch of leftover foods in your big serving bowl, instead of moving all of it over into Tupperware, you can now just put a silicone food cover. They're super stretchy. They fit all sorts of shapes and sizes. So now you can just put that on top and you don't have to transfer anything around. The last swap that I have for you is oil spray, like Pam oil spray or any of the other variations. There's a new thing called the Misto. Well, actually, I have no idea how long it's been around, but it's new to me. I just learned about it. Thank you, Faith, for teaching us about that. She's a member of Sustainer Nation who shared that on the sustainability Facebook group. The Misto is a reusable version of the oil spray can. So think about it this way. If you get Pam and you spray the oil all over your food or all over your baking sheet, when the can is empty, what do you do with it? You have to throw it away. It cannot be recycled. You really can't repurpose it in any way. You're forced to throw it away. The Misto is a glass canister. You fill it up with the oil. There is a special lid and you pump it to increase pressure. Think of like a keg. Go back to your college days. You pump it, pump it, pump it, build up the pressure, and then you hit the little spray nozzle and shh, the oil comes misting out beautifully. And then when it's all done, you can just fill it up with oil again. 
I also got this one for Christmas and love it, love it, love it, hands down. A great, great thing to get and gift to others. That is the end of the list. I don't even know what number we're at anymore, but we're all done. But the last tip that I wanted to discuss when it comes to kitchen part two, when there are items that are barely used, like a dehydrator, roasting pan, or a citrus juicer, Try to borrow these items. You don't necessarily always have to go out and buy brand new. You can just borrow them. Ask your neighbors and your friends and family. It saves you money and it saves you space in your household. And then six, seven years later, you're like, oh, I never ever use this. I'm just going to pitch it and throw it away. So now we're also sparing it from the landfill. Remember, if you're a beginner and you've just started your sustainable journey, check out episode four. And just pick one to two new items to make swaps for and focus on that. Once you have accomplished that, then you can partake in this episode and find another couple of items that appeal to you and make swaps for those. If you are more advanced with your sustainable lifestyle, then use this swap list as a checklist and see which ones you have already implemented and which ones you still need to look into and try them out. Even with all of these swaps in the kitchen, you will still inevitably produce trash. It's just how it works. It is so hard to be zero (laughs) in the zero waste lifestyle. I don't even like calling it zero waste lifestyle. I prefer low waste or reduced waste. That's a much more accurate description. You don't feel like a failure every time you put something into the trash can. In the kitchen, a majority of the trash would be food that can be composted, and a lot of the containers that food items come in can be reused, and there are many other jugs and whatnot that can be recycled, but there is inevitably a lot of trash that you just can't do anything else with, and it's not your fault. What do you do with it? There is a responsible way to handle inorganic materials that you basically can't do anything else with that must go in the trash. It's called bottle bricking. And the information I'm about to share with you comes from the website greenmatters.com and they have an article, How to Bottle Brick. You also may have heard this called bricking your plastic. What does that mean? Bottle bricks or bricking your plastic means you're taking a plastic bottle and you are stuffing it full of inorganic landfill trash What I mean by inorganic, organic means that it will break down. It will return back to the earth. So inorganic is basically plastic and other things that will never break down and never return to the earth. That's what we're going to stuff inside of plastic bottles. This would be plastic bags, wrappers, plastic straws, all of that stuff. You put it in the bottle and then you take a wooden stick, a wooden spoon, the handle of that, whatever. You stuff it inside the bottle to pack down the trash and you just keep putting more and more trash in there and keep packing it down until that bottle is filled up and you can't put any more trash in it. Why on earth should we do this? Because there is so much plastic in the world. It is estimated 8.3 billion tons of plastic and we don't know what to do with it. Every piece of plastic ever made still exists on our planet to this day. And since plastic takes thousands of years to break down, even then it doesn't even really biodegrade, but instead it just breaks down into microplastics, which are the teeny tiny micro pieces of plastic that are still harmful, especially to aquatic life. And remember back before I had an episode problems with plastic, I believe it was episode 52, We humans consume a credit card worth of plastic every single week. Majority of that being from 
microplastics. So let's reduce the amount of microplastics that we're putting out into our earth, our oceans, atmosphere, food, soil, all of that. Reduce it and then we won't be consuming nearly as much of it. There are quite a variety of things that can be made with bottle bricks. There are countries that build homes <laughs> with these bottle bricks, buildings, benches, and a whole bunch of other structures. When did this become a thing? Bottle bricking started in 2003, and I just heard about it about two weeks ago. <laughs> but it's been around a while. It is most commonly found in India and South and Central America. And because bottle bricks are made out of trash, essentially, just about anybody can afford them, which is great. To properly brick a bottle, you're going to need plastic soda bottles or the plastic energy drink bottles. Your single-use plastic water bottle is actually too thin and flimsy and won't work. So you're going to have to use the other bottles. And then all of the trash that's inorganic is going to get stuffed inside of there. If you put anything that is organic that will naturally break down inside of that bottle, like food or excrement, then it's going to smell really bad and eventually it's also going to break down and now you have a weaker brick. We really want to focus on trash that will never break down like the plastic bags, straws, chip bags, candy wrappers, single-use plastic packaging, twisty ties, mesh, even cigarette butts, dental floss, stickers, all of that stuff will never break down. Also make sure that the plastic bottle is clean and dry before you start stuffing all of that material in there because you don't want it to get moldy and rotted. And you really want this stuff to be compact as much as possible because you want it to be very sturdy. It's a structure. They can make houses out of this. They can make buildings out of this. You want it to be very firm. You don't want it to be the weak one that makes everything fall down. You will find that it will take several weeks of plastic trash to fill up the bottle, which is really cool because you just saved all that from going to the landfill. And once your bottle is completely full and nothing else will get cram-packed in there, then you screw the cap back on tightly and start working on your next one. And after you have a few of them, there are multiple things that you can do with them. You can build your own bench. You can build your own structures. I've seen pictures of coffee tables and chairs being built out of bottle bricks. But if you don't want to build your own furniture, that's understandable. Or if you don't have space to do that, like if you're in an apartment or dorm room, or some other small living quarters, then you can take your collection of bottle bricks to a nearby drop-off location. Go to ecobricks.org, and they have a location tool where you can put in your zip code, and it will tell you all of the locations close by to you. I did this for my area. I live in Franklin, Indiana, about 30 minutes south of Indianapolis. And I'm thinking, all right, cool, I'll plug this in and there might be one or two within the state of Indiana. I was almost there. There were three that popped up, one of them being in the town of Franklin, which surprised me because I assumed that these would be in the more dense populated city areas. So I am absolutely ecstatic that it's here in Franklin. How lucky is that? That is definitely a sign that I need to get started doing this right now. And you should too. Again, check out the website ecobricks.org for more information. I will also have all the links in the show notes, and that can be found at www.startingsustainability.com episode 64. 
If you have any additional questions, comments, concerns about bottle bricking or about any of the kitchen swaps that I mentioned earlier, reach out, connect with me, and let me know. That way I can share it with the rest of Sustainer Nation. How do you let me know? Multiple ways. You can email me at kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. You can join the Facebook group, Starting Sustainability, and leave a post on there or find me and direct message me there as well. And we also have the Starting Sustainability Facebook page. Oh, and Instagram, starting underscore sustainability. Lots and lots of ways that you can reach me and let me know about any products that I have not mentioned yet or any other feedback that you want to give me too. Before I go, I have a very exciting announcement to make. Remember that? starting sustainability merchandise that we created back before Christmas? Well, now we have an Etsy shop to sell it on. What is the name of our Etsy shop? Start Sustainable. Hmm, (laughs) that's a little different. Why'd you change the name? Oh, because starting sustainability was taken. So we had to go with Start Sustainable. I want to give a great big shout out to Amanda, our merchandise maker, and Tori, the media marketing person, for setting up the store. Come check out everybody's hard work at Start Sustainable on Etsy and let us know how we're doing. Give us some reviews. And the next time you need a gift, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Valentine's Day is coming up. Check out our shop for ideas and inspiration. Be sure to come back next week and join in for a special Valentine's Day episode about sustainable relationships. Ooh. In the meantime, continue to stay sustainable, and I will talk to everybody again next week. Bye.